My Eagle enthusiasts, it's Fairway Rolling, presented by FanDuel. Major season is here, and you can get in on all the long drives, big putts, and major moments with FanDuel. Check out live PGA Tour bets like longest drive, round leaders, matchups, birdie or better, and more. Plus, track every shot in the app and watch select par three holes while you place your bets. Download the app today and bet with FanDuel, the official betting operator of the PGA Tour. Ringer is committed to responsible gaming. Please visit rg-help.com to learn more about the resources and helplines available and listen to the end of the episode for additional details. You must be 21 years old or older and present in select states. If you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit rg-help.com. This episode is brought to you by eBay Motors. With over 122 million parts from superchargers and brakes to exhaust kits and beyond, eBay Motors levels your baby up to its peak performance. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. On today's Shack House, we will discuss Patrick Reed's stunning Masters win, a valiant effort by several young stars, and more from a sensational week in Augusta. But House, of course, we have to acknowledge that the Masters was won by an Odyssey putter, which is made by our friends at Callaway, sponsors of the Shack House. Pretty impressive performance on the greens for Odyssey this week. It's the second major championship. They've uh, won the putter count, the LPGA and a inspiration, and now the Masters. They're the number one putter in wins across major worldwide tours this year. And, of course, we know it's that wonderful micro hinge and white hot face and all that good stuff. And House... Get me some tickets for a Dodger game. Shaq, of course, the best way to get Dodgers tickets is SeatGeek. SeatGeek is the best app for buying and selling tickets to sporting events, concerts, and more. For $20 off your first SeatGeek purchase on any game or sporting event, all you have to do is use promo code HOUSE. Download the SeatGeek app or go right to SeatGeek.com. Greetings from the Shack House, part of the Ringer Podcast Network. House, I'm in the podcast studio here, just just feet away from where Patrick Reed just blew us away with stories, with humor, with laughs, with tears after his master's performance. Actually, he didn't do any of those. He was very good in his post-round press conference. An incredible performance, winning the master's, amazing play. He almost became the first player to do the unthinkable, four rounds in the 60s at Augusta National. He held off an all-star cast of incredible young talent. Your thoughts, sir. Well, Shaq, I have to begin with your thought, which I loved. <laughs> oh, The very first text I get from you, like seconds after Patrick Reed is walking off the 18th green, he's in the embrace of his beloved Justine and her highly questionable floral print pants. And he gives a dap to Bubba Watson, and his son administers a high five. It looks like it had Patrick wincing. He recoiled from it. And the text I get from you is, it's a good thing the bar here in the media center is open up here to us media in about 45 minutes. Now, what, what comes to mind also, our good pal Kevin Van Valkenburg at ESPN, he had a tweet out. Right afterwards, he gave out master's grades and he gave Patrick Reed an A plus. And the plus, uh, Kevin says, is the two middle fingers of Patrick Reed crossing and forming the, the, the plus sign. Now, now, Shaq, I ask you, can, can't we be happy? Can't the media be happy with this Patrick Reed victory? Well, I'm in a good mood that it was a sensational master's and. 
I'm in a good mood that we saw wonderful performances and and the deserving winner who who was clearly the best player, I think. Uh, but, uh, you know, he's somebody who doesn't give us a whole lot to work with. And, you know, writers, we're, we, uh, people in the media center, we love people who give us something to to play with, to, 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 you know, to feel, to, to flesh out. And uh, Patrick makes us work. He makes us work very hard and, and uh, doesn't give us a lot of access. So uh, I will say it was, I think, the, uh, a record long line for the bar in the pre-lineup stages. I didn't even know people line up in advance. Uh, I'm usually actually working. And I, <laughs> I went up there and saw the line 35 deep and they weren't even open yet. So there will, but that could lead to some wonderful writing tonight. Well, here's the thing, Sheck. I got to give it up to Patrick Reed. I believe that today he got himself on the correct side with the golf gods. You and I talked about this after the Valspar, where he showed up in Tiger Red. The golf gods looked down from above. They saw Patrick doing his thing out there in the lead at the Valspar, entering the 18th hole. He rips a drive down to the bottom of the hill. We're talking about that Tampa tournament. And he hits a ball up onto the green, and he's got the W in his sights. And the golf guys look down and say, oh, Patrick, I see you in Tiger Red. We have something for you, my friend. And he three-putts the green, and Paul Casey walks away with the W. Now, here's the thing. Today, Patrick showed up in Azalea Pink. And I know there's a background story to this, but I can't wait to get the Pantone for this Azalea Pink shack. <laughs> Do you think he should go to that as his Sunday color now? Don't you think? I think he should. Now, Shaq, I, I am a guy that likes the data. So, you know, I got to, uh, the data didn't help me with my allocation of capital necessarily this week. When I go back and look at a week ago, but here's some interesting facts about Patrick Reed. Before the Thursday of this 2018 Masters check, Patrick Reed had never shot under 70 at Augusta National. And two of the last four times that he's played at this venue, he's missed the cut this week. He leads the field in birdies and better. 24, 24 total uh, birdies and eagles combined. He rose to the challenge anytime he was confronted by any kind of adversity. And I'm going to say that he played golf with a defiance. I believe that he played golf defiantly, Shaq. What do you think about that? Yeah, I think that's a great way to put it. In the post-round press conference, I was going to ask him because he said he uh, stuck to his game plan, <clears throat> which, again, from the writer's perspective, strictly selfishly speaking, it doesn't give us a whole lot to work with. And I was going to ask a follow up on that. But then how's he uh, to your point on defiance? He, he he opened up a fascinating little can of worms, a fun one. He said that uh, one of the things that really helped him today was hearing on the Golf Channel the discussion with Nota Begay and some of the other analysts picking who they thought would win. And Nota was the only one who thought he had a chance. The rest all said it wasn't going to be Patrick. And he said not – maybe he didn't give the answer you would expect. He said that took a lot of pressure off of him. Um, and I, th- I was blown away by this on a number of levels, of course, because most Masters champions discuss – how one of the toughest things about this day is how long they have to sit around uh, and deal with the fact that they're sitting on the lead and how they kill time. And usually, of course, as you can imagine, they kill time by doing anything but thinking about golf or watching live from the Masters. So he did the opposite of what you would normally do and watch that show. And so I raised my hand and asked to follow up and he gave an okay answer. I said, because I, I mentioned this is something that former Masters champions have an issue with. And he said, yeah, I, I watch golf all the time. I'm, I love, if I have an afternoon time, I watch it all morning. I watch the European tour. I watch, uh, I, I assume he watches morning drive, all that stuff. So I think that's really fascinating that uh, a little bit of an insight into how his mind works, that 
he took that discussion and and I'm sure there's a little bit of anger in that. And he kind of, if you look at the transcript, he, he there was a little anger behind it too. But he also felt like, yeah, nobody thinks I'm going to win, and and that helps. So good for him to be able to do that. Well, Shaq, I think there's a nice follow-on to this observation that also relates to the psychology of Reed. I believe that he took great inspiration from being paired with Rory McIlroy. We know from having observed him at his highest level that he derives motivation from the psychological edge that he thinks that he has with Roy McIlroy. Now, whether or not he genuinely possesses that edge, it doesn't matter. He believes it. In retrospect, my friend, I believe we were done a great disservice by having Rory in the final round because I think Patrick thinks that he owns Rory. I think he does now, especially, yeah. And I almost wonder if Rory's a little bit intimidated by him. Or or, or maybe, and, and I don't know if intimidated is the right word. Uh, I mean, there, there are comfortable pairings and there are uncomfortable pairings. And and I, I well, it's hard to say, but I, you do have to wonder. I mean, Rory also may have just had the traditional post-65 uh, letdown. Uh, a few players and people, uh, former players, mentioned that this morning when we were all discussing who could win. It's tough to come back from a day like that with that much uh, adrenaline. Shaq, I thought he was showing uh, a little of, of, of enthusiasm, but uh, I want to talk a little bit further about this Rory-Patrick coupling because it sets up a very juicy storyline. It's only April, but we're talking about a very juicy storyline for the Ryder Cup. Is there any way that our U.S. captain, Jim Furyk, can engineer? How can the golf guys need to look down we need five for five matches. We need Patrick Reed to be against Rory in every one of the Ryder Cup matches this coming fall. Well, I think you'll get the, the speed pairing again, and you'll certainly get a couple of matchups will happen by accident if nothing else. It's probably the one bummer for a lot of people of the Ryder Cup that they don't have a, uh, a, a draw like they do at the President's Cup. It's a blind draw, and it's sort of luck of the draw. I think you'll get your wish. I'm not worried. It's obviously a disappointing day for Rory to uh, to, to play the way he did. And, uh, I, you know, just looking at his numbers after the round, he, he had a few more putts today. You know, he'd been averaging 26 putts the first three rounds. He had 31 today. Uh, and I kind of jumped on that for a little piece I wrote for Golf Week. But then his quote was really interesting. He, it was really more of in his mind, not not the way he actually putted, but he he left himself in really tough places to make putts from, and and I uh, I certainly am not gonna doubt that that is a correct theory, but I think it was a very good week for him, and this is one where uh, meant mentally for him he saw himself as having positioned himself, and he just didn't get it done, and he also got beat, whereas he's kind of beat himself pretty badly in a couple of these other instances, so. Uh, I'm sure he'll still be annoyed. I mean, I, I mean, did you see Ricky Fowler's press conference? Uh, that was a fascinating listen. It was a totally different tone of voice for him. Whereas I think Rory was, I leaves us a little bit more optimistic as does Jordan Speed. Yeah, I, I I think Ricky deserved to be enthusiastic about that round. Oh no, 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 no. He was no, he was incredibly dejected in the press conference. You know, and and in a way that was good though. Uh, it was as if. Oh, I played really well. I just, I just did everything I could, and I didn't win. But I'm gonna be better from this, if that makes sense. It was not his usual sort of monotone thing where he, he's just, yeah, I'm cool, and we're gonna throw out the, 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 the usual cliches. He felt this in both the, the great way and the bad way, and, and his, his, his comments were really interesting. He, he said this is the first time uh, that he uh, really felt comfortable. Uh, at a major, and and I thought that was fascinating. He says he's now ready, and that uh, I and he really felt like that 65 Saturday when he didn't feel good at all, nothing felt right. And he goes out and shoots 65. That that's uh, going to be the thing that he takes from this. So it's really interesting how all these guys had a lot of dynamics involved with each each of the runner ups, and and then obviously there's just there's a a tension there, too, because they, they have sort of a, a, a love-hate thing with, with Patrick, it's pretty clear. Now, so I, want, I want to go back to Rory because I feel like you might have let him off the hook a little bit. 
Now, I don't think Rory should be taking anything positive from this week other than finishing in the top 10 again, I guess, and then he played all four rounds of the first major of the season. But look, look, his ceiling is win. The point is you're in the final grouping. You are trying to complete your career Grand Slam, and you have an opportunity against a guy who has never been there before. You have the upper hand. You're Rory McIlroy. You know what it's like to go around the golf course under these circumstances. You should not be out there making unforced errors. Shaq, this little statistic, he hit eight greens today, Shaq. The bogey on five was garbage. Look, look, part of this for me is that I still resent last season. I'm not over it. I want the great talent of the game, the incandescent talent possessed by Rory McIlroy. I want him to use that talent and not squander it. So to his credit, he arrived this season in form. He's healthy. He's ready to play. He played very well in the Middle East. He came over. He had a couple of questionable performances. He sorted out his putter, and he burned down Bay Hill. He was absolutely on fire. It gave us all great anticipation for this Masters, Shaq. And he had a terrific 65 yesterday. He's jumping up and down. He's fist pumping. But today is the day. It's time to put up or shut up. You're in the final group, and you're the guy with all the majors. And he doesn't deliver. And Shaq, I just can't abide a 74. I can't handle an over par performance in that position by Rory McIlroy. If he shot even par, I might have been able to to accept it. He put up a good fight. He just didn't have a day. Over par is not getting it done, and I'm not willing to be gracious about it. Yeah, five bogeys. I'm looking at his card. I missed the early part of his round. I went out for a walk, and, and so I didn't see uh, those first five holes. I picked him up at a, at a later point, and it was pretty much he, he had just flatlined by uh, that bogey on eight pretty much did him in. That was that was unacceptable. Um, so, yeah, I, I understand your point. I have no problem with that. I, I get it. And uh, you're right. We probably uh, let them off the hook sometimes a little bit. But, gosh, I, I guess I'm conflicted. Obviously, there wasn't a lot of wind today. The golf course was softened just as we thought it would be by a little bit more rain Saturday night. And this was just everything that he loves. I'm not going to say they were pincushion greens, but they certainly were holding and not a lot of wind. Those are the ingredients where he can just dominate. He loves those conditions. He's not a big fan of wind. And he had everything lined up for him there, and he didn't do it. And that's going to – it probably will really bother him at some point. But, um, you know, read on that game plan issue again. He, did, he just didn't give us a whole lot in the press conference. But he did finally start to cave. Uh, on, on, on 15, he mentioned how – you know, there was a drive. He hit way down there, but but he was uh, blocked out by the trees, and he kind of hit that little punch pitch, whatever you want to call it, layup. And he admitted that probably in, in recent Masters, he would have tried to pull off some miracle shot. And that was about the closest he came to admitting that he's learned to play the golf course better. And he says stick to his game plan, but I think that's what it really is, is he's learned the nuances of the course and he and his uh, brother-in-law, his caddy, uh, are really, really uh, disciplined when it comes to taking notes and doing their homework. And, and his, uh, his little team there, his performance coach, Josh Gregory, uh, is really, really good at, at that kind of a thing, at, at picking apart a golf course and, and, and saying, hey, you know, you need to do this there. And so I think that's a perfect contrast to Dustin Johnson, who has more talent, but I don't know how much reflection he's doing uh, in practice rounds or after the rounds about those kinds of things or in the heat of the battle, uh, how much he's doing that. So uh, kudos to Patrick for working hard at it and, and doing that kind of thing. I, yeah, I, I would love to hear more details like that places where, and, and, and this is hard for us right after the round to get a guy, he's got a green jacket on, he's being ushered all over the place and the members are, sitting up in the clubhouse waiting to, to host him for a dinner. And so we don't get to have a long session as we did with Sergio last year. Um, so I think in time we'll probably learn more about this and and uh, be more excited about certain elements of the win. Because I think that's what we love about the Masters House. I mean, you were here this week. We all have seen the golf course. Even if we haven't been to the Masters, we know the holes. We know some of the nuances. And it's the most rewarding tournament because – 
we know the golf course, so we're part of the um, the fabric of it. The way the the, uh, the the patrons are involved, and it just feels like something that's our it's it belongs to everybody, even though it, it really only belongs to three hundred very wealthy uh, men and five five women now. By the way, we're up to five, uh, and and I think that's the genius of this tournament that uh, getting to go to the same venue every year we. Uh, we 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 even feel like we know the course, and we love seeing somebody learn from their mistakes and overcome them. And so Patrick fits in that in that uh, that mode of of champion. Yeah, I want to do some highlights and lowlights with you um, as okay, a way of wanna... sort of conquering. But I, I do want to have one last thought. Okay. on on Patrick, I was reminded again: the Masters winner always gets a couple breaks. Sure. And, uh, and, yeah. And, well, and, thirteen and, was the one they'll show forever. Yeah. Well, he he the the hitting the the hole on seventeen also was a pretty damn good break. Mm, I interesting. mean that putt. Okay. That putt looked like. Watch the replay. It looked like yeah, it was yeah, going to yeah, go yeah. by twelve you're right. feet. You're right. Because it went down, nicked the flag, and then it was still a five footer. But you're right. You're right. It was probably ten feet. Now, I mean, you in some it. respect, that's that's skill, right? He putted it and right. it hit the hole. He putted it from 35 amazing, feet away. Amazing first putt. That putt is so hard. It's so yes. impossible. Yes. But, you know, it, it, uh, the difference between winning and losing is Jordan Spieth having a makeable 20-footer that burns the edge. Jordan Spieth standing on 17 at 14 under burns the edge of a very makeable putt. And we're in the, the full Spieth thrall. I mean, we're well, I'm 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 on my knees singing hosannas, right? Because he's at yeah. 14 under on 17. He has charged all the way back from nine strokes down. It's an incredible, incredible speed performance. And the difference between winning and losing at Augusta is his putt burns the edge. Patrick's catches enough of the hole to completely slow the thing down and let him have a five footer uh, comebacker that he he sinks, you know, all the guts in the world. That guy. And that's and he, and he wins the, the championship. Yeah, I would throw in Ricky's second shot on 17. You know, on television, that that green, we've seen it all these years from behind, and it looks like a big green. I don't know if you guys went and looked at it all during your time here this week. It's one of my favorite greens to to walk by and look at because it, I would say of all the ones here tel- that television doesn't do justice to, it's it's definitely that one. And and I uh, I, wa- I saw that shot Ricky hit, and, and he noted it after the round. It was literally a matter of inches away from from staying up and having a beautiful, really simple, makeable birdie putt, uh, and and then he, you know, it, it it spins off and and there's goes his chance, and then he goes and he makes a beautiful birdie on eighteen and misses by one, and I, I think that was probably you know, the one that that will just be painful for him because the shot he hit was so so excellent into that that difficult green. Um, yeah, I, so you're right, and and then of course Jordan uh, now he's 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 over the twelfth hole. I loved his reaction on that. Wasn't that great? That was when, awesome. Yeah, what a great yeah. moment. I raised my arms. Yeah, yeah. Jordan. Hell yeah. I mean, he, that's not something you see very often from a great player on that hole and in that moment. And I mean, the crowd. Yeah, under those circumstances, that. that's incredible. Uh, that's so why now, the people love Jordan Spieth. Now we just got to figure out how to how to help him on that tee shot 18. In his defense, you know, I was talking to a couple of the writers up in the uh, <clears throat> the beverage line. I, I my my cocktail is sitting at my my it's called the confusion uh, and it's sitting at my station house it's not here in front of me for the pod but uh one of the writers was was commenting on uh on what a bad tee shot was and I'm like wow I, I went out there on my little walk around today and I just stood behind the the tee and and it is such an awkward tee shot and you really have you want to hit a cut and that tree overhangs and it's very doable what he did so I know that he'll now the shot on Friday was just a snap hook, quacker, bad tee shot. Yeah, that's this a one, bad tee shot. That, that's this one was, I mean, he was feeling so good, and he was truly, genuinely horrified and shocked at what happened. I'm sure he just pulled it just a tiny, tiny bit, and still, it's you know, they're, they're old pines, and they're not that dense, and, and to catch it, that one thing. It oh, it's, didn't it's gonna... have to catch that branch. I will. You mentioned uh, oh. that I was down there. Uh, early in the week and with my good pal, uh, Bill Simmons. And one of the things that we insisted on doing was um, that he insisted on doing. He wanted to see 18 with his own eyes. We walked oh, really? up oh, behind the tee box 
and looked, and he he was his his jaw hit yeah. the the luscious green turf. His jaw was all the way down, and then we walked the length of the hole up, and he's like, "I cannot believe how hard this effing golf hole yeah. is." Yeah, it the, is the the combination of length, where the bunkers are, the face of the bunkers. It looks oh, like you know. They're, they're they're twenty foot sand dunes is the way it yeah. looks if you if a normal human being climbed in, and so he and I think he tweeted about it today. Uh, you know just how in, incredibly challenging, what a daunting visual challenge, eighteen is. And most of these guys come in and they just they they eat it up. I mean Ricky's performance today under that pressure was you know again I give him a voila like you know kudos kudos chef, but you know. The big point about that challenge and the visual intimidation of it, and Jordan really just caught a branch. All he did was catch a branch. I mean, that was really it. Yeah, and 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 he otherwise, he really. I mean, I think he hits a great tee shot and gives himself a chance at birdie and maybe a sixty-two, which is oh. un- unbelievable. Oh, but he, oh, he made, you're making me cry. I know he he made very clear uh, after the round how how satisfied he was with the day. I went out when I was doing my little walk around. He was on three, and his uh, his agent slash manager Jay Danzi uh, came up to me and and just said, "I've never seen him like he was before this round." Because I just said something like, "Well, good start," and he goes, I, "I I've never seen him." And I think what he meant was it was some combination of confident, calm. Uh, and and ready to go and, and oh, I mean, to think about that's how scary, close Shaq. he came to shoot uh, at least sixty three today. And again, no offense to Nick Price or Greg Norman, their sixty threes were incredible with different kinds of equipment. Uh, but a sixty two, I don't care where all the whole locations were uh, in those conditions. Uh, the Masters final round. Uh, I mean, it's it's one of those I'm sure Jordan's going to think about a lot that he just about put up uh, arguably the greatest final round in in major championship history and 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 one little branch possibly threw the whole thing off. So that's that's I would I, 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 that's got to be an interesting feeling for him. Um, I, but I, 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 I would I would say that just seeing his interview with uh, our friend uh, Amanda and and reading the transcript, he won't take this in a negative way that he will build off of this how could he how could oh, he? you know it can happen you never know yeah you no i guess never you. know yeah, how a player as a, as a competitor it. for sure yeah i mean um, sometimes it can be devastating so well let's um, do some highlights and lowlights but first let's uh let's have a, a nice word from our pals at callaway well yes of course our friends at callaway who had bill simmons on last week on callaway live do you know did they fit him for a rogue driver house they did he's got a whole bag of rogue stuff he threw up an oh. instagram of it He's, he, he went rogue. Believe me, Shaq. Wow. He's got the jailbreak technology with a new hourglass-shaped titanium bars that are 25% lighter. Nice going, Bill. Awesome. I just want to say I love those bars. The, my three-wood, that three-wood. You've wood never is seen so, the bars. They're inside the face. How can you, you can tell? See them, you can see them from yeah, uh, I know, at the bottom. Underneath, yes, they, there's yes, one, yes, two yes. little bars. It's exciting. Yeah, well, they give you that faster ball speed. Yes, Shaq. Increased ball Speed, which hopefully translates into additional distance. I know that that's not your number one favorite thing. But speaking of number one favorite things, how about a word from our good pals at RX Bar? RX Bar is a whole food protein bar made with a few simple clean ingredients, which all serve a purpose. I could have used a few of those clean ingredients from the RX bar this week, House. I should have sent you that. I have a Five or six Georgia peach ice cream sandwiches. If I just had three (laughs) RX bars, my favorite, my beloved blueberry instead of that, I think I would be feeling uh, a little bit healthier. But go on, please. Don't let me interrupt. I'm I'm a coconut chocolate kind of guy. The egg whites are for, for protein, Shaq. The dates are to bind. And you have nuts for texture. In the interest of full transparency, RX Bar, all of the core ingredients are labeled right on the front of the package. No Mm. BS, and that doesn't stand for Bill Simmons. They are perfect for breakfast on the go, a snack at the office, a snack at Augusta National, Mm. to throw in your bag for a bike ride, a hike, traveling, walking the golf course, anything. Better yet, beyond being a go-to snack that checks off a number of nutritional boxes, RX bars taste delicious. You attest to that, and I attest to that. No, I've been a I, long time. 
I gave right, my man. recommendation. I like the coconut chocolate. I'm also a fan of the chocolate sea salt. You like blueberry. What else do you like? I haven't had a peanut butter and chocolate. I I uh, that I need to get into that. That that's not the the, the option that I know. The peanut butter is excellent too. The okay. straight peanut butter. Well, listen to this. For 25% off your first order, visit rxbar.com slash shackhouse and enter promo code shackhouse at checkout. That's rxbar.com slash shackhouse, promo code shackhouse for 25% off your first order. All right. So house, highs and lows. We have to start with the butler cabin ceremony, don't you think? <laughs> what, okay, well, what is it for you, a high or a low? It's still so awkward. Uh, that it just, you know, Sergio looked like he'd, he'd rather be somewhere else. Um, of course, Doug Gim, who's just a super guy from the University of Texas, we have the awkward low amateur interview, and Doug did beautifully. I thought he represented uh, Coach Fields and the University of Texas admirably. And um, But it was, it was awkward. I didn't know if Fred Ridley was auditioning to – to become part of the CBS golf team. Now, in the past, the chairman have asked a lot of questions, and it seemed like, for whatever reason, they were trying to reprise that, which unfortunately has, has generally never been a good idea. Hort Harden infamously asked <laughs> Sevy how tall he was, uh, to which Frank Cherkinian later said he just put his hand, his face in his hands and shook his head. And um, it, it's always been an awkward ceremony. I guess I kind of like the awkwardness of it. It's in, a, in an entertaining way. It's just, it's bizarre though, because then they go outside and they have a beautiful ceremony out on the putting green and, and everything's a little bit more relaxed, but um, yeah. So, and then it, Fred Ridley and Sergio, he almost knocked Sergio over when they got up from the chairs and, and uh, it, it's, it's just an unusual moment. And then Patrick, uh, you know, they didn't have the usual, they at least got rid of the after they put the jacket on, that sort of awkward, like, four cameramen clapping, um, and he smiles at the camera. You know, they used to do that a lot, and it just didn't work. So they at least went right to the, the tape on that. Well, I do have two observations. Uh, I have grown accustomed to it, so I like how, how stilted it is and how unlike any other human interaction that I ever uh, observe anywhere it, it feels. I have my question is my first question is it it seems as though uh they uh suck all the oxygen out of that that uh the, uh, the, the building there cabin. because because the guys all come walk in and hold their breath like yeah. if they if they breathe if they take a breath are they concerned that the ghost of Bobby Jones will somehow come <laughs> and and bespoil their innards in in some way now I would like to breathe some of the ghost of Bobby Jones I think that might uh, help me with my my over the top. No, they're worried move. about they're worried about the ghost of Clifford Roberts. Bobby Jones thought the whole thing I think was kind of funny. It, it's more it, Clifford Roberts. It is funny. The yeah. other thing is, well, I mean, the rigidity. Are they? Oh, do, are, as you posture. Watch, there was as good they posture walk today. In, I mean, it seems like there might be a metal rod inserted. <laughs> you know, I'm not. I, I, it seems appropriate to not uh, in, the, in, yeah. in honor of of the tournament say where I think the the the, the thing might be going in, but. Boy, oh boy, are they upright. Yes, yes. Very, very outstanding posture on display. Wonderful role models. But um, And then uh, Patrick said it was a size 44 that he put on, he thinks. So uh, there okay. you go. No yeah. comment. No we comment. don't know who the member was who provided it, but I'm sure we'll find out. No doubt. Okay. Uh, I, what else? What do you got? What'd you, what'd you, what'd take away? The Tracer was, uh, I, I wouldn't call it a disaster on CBS, but it was pretty much useless because they used a yellow line and you couldn't see the ball as it as it flew after the, it hit its high point and started to well, come down. So I wanna, next year I wanna, we need a red. We need red next year. That, that I want to do a segment on CBS and the broadcast. You okay. didn't you, you didn't sit and watch the broadcast, oh, I had did it, you? I had it on, but when I once I came back from the course, I'm kind of going between Amen Corner Live, which I love, and and also then the CBS broadcast. So I, I see it, enough of it, but I also miss a lot. So this is, you're not the only one who misses a lot. Anybody who watches CBS broadcast also misses quite a bit. And CBS was properly being pilloried for their choice oh. of golfers to cover. Mm. If you are interested in the decision-making process that Jordan Spieth uh, underwent on 13, after having birdied 12 and pulling himself within a stroke of the lead, he hits his drive. It just 
barely lands, uh, advances six inches or so into the pine straw. He has a clear shot to yeah. the green. And CBS, in its infinite editorial wisdom, elects not to show he and Greller going yeah. through the process of what club to choose. And in fact, they together changed their mind about what club to use. Unbelievable and, discussion. It was amazing. Yeah. An amazing discussion available only to the viewers of the broadcast who are consuming Amen Corner Live Correct. on their computers. Correct. Yep. In fact, it's funny you you bring this example up because I on my feed was on CBS and out of the corner of my eye, I saw Amen was was there, and I immediately hit the button. And and it, you're right. It took him a while to get to that, and that's just a seminal moment in the history, especially after last year when when Jordan pulled out the "What would Arnie do?" line, which is is one of my all time favorites. And you're right. Uh, th- I noticed that today in general. That one thing that that Lance Barrow's really really good at is knowing. Uh, when to to not to show shots, but to actually get to let that moment breathe, and 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 you know, Speed's going to chat, and you know, your sound guys are out there, and they they're going to get the sound, and and you're right, they they uh, they 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 kind of mess that one up because and that shot not was kinda. amazing. The, the not line kinda. did not look good at all, and right. and, I, and and on the pine straw, and to make that contact and hit that shot was just incredible. Yeah, so that's not a kind of mess up, Shaq. That's an F minus, as in yeah. F U C B S. Like he, he's having an all time epic round. Yeah. The course record is in jeopardy at that moment, and we don't get to see him. And and for all of the reasons that we know about Jordan Spieth, like we as the as the consuming public adore that. Uh, moment. Uh, yeah, yeah. Not just the moment, but the the process of it. Sure. Like yeah. We and know how analytical he is. Sure, and that's the genius of the thirteenth hole, which was what we did a feature on Golf Channel about. That that moment is what doesn't happen very often anymore, where the player has that that uh, kind of do I do I or do I not moment, and and it was uh, so they're so rare now because they all. I mean, what uh, Patrick had one eighty six in and. Uh, they they so rarely are stuck there. Really, the only the thing that prompts those discussions is the pine needle um, uh, situation. By the way, House, before and I'll put it in the show notes on my website at jeffshackelford.com. Uh, the good folks at Classic Sports TV always do a breakdown of the number of shots we see from from uh, the networks in the major championships. And CBS, just a quickie, I'll just show you, uh, give you the top uh, six here. On the final round, they showed Patrick Reed seventy one shots. Um, they show John Rahm next to 58, Roy McIlroy at 58, Ricky Fowler at four, 54 shots from his round, and 48 of Jordan Spieth shots. The next closest was Tiger Woods at 18. So there so you go. The, 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 the problem with that is Rory having shot 37 on the front yeah. uh, became less and less relevant which with each swing on, on the back. And Jordan was making his move, and we needed to see every single Jordan Spieth swing live. We needed to see every. I didn't. I don't want it on delay. I saw on Twitter that what what uh, Jordan did on thirteen before I saw it on television. That mm. that just can't happen. It can't happen. Yeah. No, it can't. You, you ought not to be broadcasting the event if that's if that's what what's transpiring. It's tricky. It's a tricky event um, now, and and you're and. With things like Amen Corner Live and featured group coverage and all that, it it and this has been something they've dealt with the last few years. It exposes how long it takes for them to show certain shots. And um, I did you see the uh, the picture? I, I'm going to post it on my site later. That was on Instagram. Golf Gods and a couple of the others had it. The there there's somebody who has the perfect monitor setup uh, with all the different feeds and just has different monitors in it. It really is the only way to watch it. Although I, I, you know, the people who have Directv out there, I'd love to hear what they think. But I, I know they had a pretty cool setup this year with with uh, the ability to do that kind of a, a setup on one screen. Um, but yeah, something that's really you really only can do it with multiple screens. And I, I, I will be fair with with CBS. Uh, it would be nice for the collaboration with the Masters to at some point 
produce uh, a, a, a shared recognition and acknowledgement of interest in the sport. And and can we have the broadcast come on before two o'clock on Sunday and before three o'clock on Saturday? Is that I mean I it, I know it's been too much to ask in the past, but we're 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 kind of there. We're kind of ready. The consuming public, you you know, all of the numbers across the board in terms of the ratings of and and the interest and so forth. If ever there's a time to capture the audience interests and give everybody real TV time, yeah, we're we're there. We're there. This is the era. Yeah, there's no question, especially in a year like this where you had some really great names out there early that th- it looked pretty bad that that you could go online and pull up the the, the feeds for uh, for the for, for Amen and Featured Group and Featured Group had Jordan Spieth, so you could you could watch him getting off to this great start and they had uh, a couple of of very nice special shows, but those shows should have been probably uh, an hour at least before, and, and there should have been probably another hour because by the time they come on and set things up, it's it's off and running, and and I, I would agree with that. I also defend the Masters, though, in their less is more approach that there is something to the fact that the Masters is something that makes people tune in who don't normally watch golf, and they want to keep it a tight TV show. They don't want it to become this all-day thing. Part of it... Uh, it just may uh, be tradition, but I think part of it is they really do believe that, that they want to keep it exciting and tight and that you have these other feeds now if you're a golfer. But um, there's still so many of us who just want to see those feeds on a big television screen, and that's that costs, costs yeah. problems for them. I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm one of those people. And, and you're that, one of those people, yeah. That feeds right into uh, what I'm going to call was a highlight. We it, We're however many minutes into this show, and we're just now talking Tiger and Phil. Uh Tiger finished plus one because yeah, he, nice he, he he um he bogeyed eighteen. I mean he, he had even yeah. in his sights, and Phil finished plus two, which is a hell of yeah. a rebound considering really he was you know at, at at plus eight at one point yesterday or plus how high did he how high did he take it yesterday? Uh, Phil finished with uh, seventy four yesterday. Oh, okay, seventy nine so in the second round. You're thinking of he he battled back. Uh, yeah. Well, no, I mean the seventy nine, uh, and then w- at, he tripled one with the whiff uh, uh, yesterday. Yeah. So yeah. I mean, he, he had himself up at plus eight, plus nine. You know, w- well up in that in that territory to battle all the way back to plus two. Now I I have this. Uh, it's not a theory, but I'm interested in your reaction to this. Having watched both of those guys over the course of the week, and and honestly observing them physically with my own two eyes. Mm-hmm. down there um, in the practice rounds, uh, Tuesday, Wednesday, then watching the actual play Thursday. I don't know how to say this uh, delicately, mm. uh, so I'm just going to s- sort of say it uh, the awkward way <laughs> it's going to come out. I don't think old guys can play Augusta and mm. win. And it's a weird thing because Fred Couples made the cut once again right. this year. Yeah, yeah. And, and Bernard and, Longer. And, he and Bernard is, Longer. They were out having, there. I just got to say, House, I, I watched them all. They were having so much fun out there, those two. They, I bet they're at a bar right now just, just talking about the round, just kicking back and, <laughs> and sharing some laughs. Oh, I'm, I mean, being com- a- I'm being completely sarcastic. Those two, I don't think they said to a word to each other all day. I don't think they like each other very much. <laughs> and, 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 and they are both really slow on the greens. Well, I'm but just observing with, with, you know, I'm, I think it's I'm an interesting question. You have those two yeah. guys. You have VJ, who, who's 55 years old, right, who right. started off the tournament, you know, 71. Um, and, and then close out. He had two rounds under par, 55 years old. I, the thing about Phil and, and Tiger that, um, you know, this, this is to my own, you know, d- dumb way of looking at things. It's just too hard at Augusta. It's such a physical challenge. Yeah. It's, it's such a like physically imposing walk, let alone, you know, the, the strategy and the shot making and all the rest of it. And neither one of those guys looked like they were moving great to me. Yeah. So I, I yeah. mean, that's that's again, uh, not not a not a perfect eye, but that's just an observation. What do you think? Well, no, it's definitely a question I had when looking at this leaderboard of kind of all of our our young uh, studs at the top, and and those old guys who've been playing pretty well. 
uh, fading a little bit. And you, you just do have to wonder if it's a combination of the, the relentlessness of the greens in those first two rounds, five hours and 40 minutes on greens that are, I mean, the 11th green, I swear, I think was 15 on the step meter on Friday afternoon. I sat up in the, in the uh, patron observation platform. Oh, and congratulations. Why, yeah, I heard that euphemism on one of the feeds uh, the other day and laughed. And uh, But that kind of speed, the, uh, the, the wind changes and the, the topography is so severe. And you do have to wonder if the combination does make it hard for, as you say, a lot of old guys can get around there. And and know the place and just know the shots and it, they they can get it around. But can they win uh, with with the way the it's been lengthened and and the difficulty of it and the relentlessness of the test and um, frankly the narrowness of some of the holes. Right. Uh, you know the seventh and and the fifteenth and seventeenth. I don't know if people. I'm sure all the people, all the great people who said hello this week to you and I and uh, and, and who listen to the show and we thank them all. Uh, for doing so, I'm sure those people were looking at some of those holes too. That and the way they don't translate on television as to how narrow they are. And and I actually wrote a piece for Golf Week, kind of hoping that the new chairman will will actually open a few of those up. But uh, I think it, I think you have a point. I, I, I think just there's a concern I just gave for the old guys the top thirty a quick scan, and I'll let you go ahead and check my work. I I from my eyes, there's one player who's 40 years old or older in the top 30. And you know who it is. It's my guy, Henrik Stenson. Yep, yep. Who, who turned 42, who really did have, Great uh, you know, I was um, rooting for him to get the hot hand today. I wanted him to come yeah. out and, and, you know, not just because I had a little al- a capital allocated, but he was right on the on the threshold a couple times it felt like this week of really busting out and, and going low. He just couldn't, you know, string anything together. Yeah, five um, but I, today. I, I, I'm giving, I'm telling you, I'm looking at this list, the top 30, I believe he is the only player. How old's Cooch? Uh, yeah, Cooch is a similar age, so that would be. Is he 40? That would be one. Um, okay, so it's just Cooch and, and Stenson are the only two uh, in the top 30 um, at 40 years old or, or, or older. Um, so I, I don't know. I in, in the past, it seemed like the attributes of a master's winner was a player in his kind of, and, and you know, in fact, the, the statistical uh, composition of a player um, uh, who, who the, of the past master's winners is a player in his early 30s that with a certain, you know, uh, uh, amount of experience at Augusta National. Um, Pat, Patrick Reed, um, you know, is, is, a uh, against form against the mold uh, yeah, in yeah, the same yeah. way that, that, that Spieth is as well, breaks the mold on that, but for, it, uh, go ahead. for the record, Kuchar turns 40 in June. Oh, my bad coach. Paul, K- Paul Casey, Paul Casey is, uh, who had a, an unbelievable run today and he is actually 40 years old, which a lot of people forget. He's a pretty young looking yeah, I, guy, but yeah, I what would. a stretch Paul Casey had going. Uh, he birdied 11, 12, eagled 13, birdied 14, and birdied 15. Then he and then he finished bogey, bogey. Oh, so that's shot, he that shot. Was, he you realize he could have shot 63 very easily today. Oh, I, I'm aware. I was watching. Yeah. That was going to be a highlight because I had him in a top 10 play. That felt oh. like it was a million miles away, and then all of a sudden, yeah, you, you, you understand that that. Uh, Seven under is indeed a T10, yeah. and he finished uh, at five under with uh, bogey bogey uh, <laughs> closeout yeah. to, to, to his round. Uh, in that same vein, how about a shout out to Tony Finau? Let's give a wow. let's give a highlight, a super highlight, and a high five to Tony Finau. Sixty six today, Shaq. And how about if he makes the birdie on eighteen, he sets a new Masters record for most birdies in a row. He birdied six of the last seven holes, and he had a great look at birdie on 18 to make it seven in a row. And, yeah, he wasn't even walking that well. I mean, I'm sure he's sitting somewhere with his ankle up in the air and the ice on it. What a sensational week for him and um, and, and, a, and a learning experience that you don't run backwards uphill after making a hole <laughs> one. Wasn't it – how about how about when Charlie Hoffman makes a hole in one 
you just have to wonder. Yeah, he's looking at Tony Finau, and he's running around. He's excited. But he had to be thinking, wait a second, wait a second. I'm, don't, don't repeat it. Don't do I what don't, he did. I, I, I don't no. think uh, there, that he, Charlie had any concern, and nobody who, who observes Charlie knows Charlie's uh, physique. Had any concern about Charlie, you know, doing something semi-athletic and putting himself in harm's way. The most amazing thing, speaking of that Charlie Hoffman highlight and the reason that it makes sense to talk about females because they were paired together. Um, Charlie Hoffman made hole in one from the wrong side of the hole. You never see hole in one from that side. How did that ball bounce right, Jack? It just took a funny little little move off of the back of the bunker. You know how it is off the back of a bunker. It's not I, oh, I am even so familiar. normal. And yeah, it's, that, uh, my balls do not. When I hit the back of the bunker, they don't they don't go in the no, hole. Typically, that was That's amazing. Not, so yeah, yeah, good for him. And yeah. and another. I mean, it was it, the crowd got their money's worth today. I didn't sense they were overwhelmingly thrilled about Patrick winning, but they got a great show and. They had the what you'd hope for. I think we all hope for is it was interesting up to the end, and and that's uh, I think the ratings will be sensational, and that, uh, but more importantly, the people who watched will. Uh, I mean, I'm I, I I'm very satisfied by the week that I, I just felt like it was it was uh, it lived up. Ultimately, it lived up to the hype, right? Because yeah, uh, Patrick Reed was not somebody we would have penciled in. We we warned, though, everybody that like a great horse race, everybody's looking at the favorites and hoping for a couple of long shots, and it's kind of the, the person we probably should have realized was trending and is the uh, uh, at, at the at the prime of their career just kind of came up on the rail and, and uh, blew them all away, and good for him. But, I, I mean, and you obviously had a satisfying week because you came down and then you got to watch it, and um, and you got a, you got some podcasts out of it. I can't wait to listen to the House of Carbs uh, discussing the food. Yeah, we and, had, we ate every sandwich except for the barbecue beef because they were out at that hour. I mean, the barbecue oh, no. pork, the pull bar, the pull bar there. But we oh, Simmons and I went the next no. day. You could have Simmons and I cured that. The media center. We're, we 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 have them here. I could have slipped one out to you. Oh I, no. Well, you know if. Um, Augusta let me text. I would have sent you a note asking for that backup plan. But of course, you're not allowed now, to you, have community. You're, you're right. We're living in the 70s still when you're inside oh, the gates at, at Augusta National. Tough. There's no way yeah, to communicate with other human beings other than bumping into them literally. So there is uh, that. We couldn't, uh, we couldn't uh, you know, figure it out. Now, had you, had you actually had a Georgia peach ice cream sandwich until this week? No, you had not. No, this was, yeah, this was my first time because oh, the good. last time I came down, I tried to buy them on the way out. They were sold out. In fact, they had signs on the coolers sold out, handwritten signs when I was down mm. in 2016. So sad. They did not have that issue this year. Every single cooler was packed to the top Beautiful. and they kept refilling them. I brought home extra. You'll hear this on one of the podcasts we did <laughs> okay, last good. week. Dr. Bill. Found my stash of of the ice cream in the freezer. <laughs> we came home from one of these, you know, these 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 uh, corporate social outings that that uh, the week is is peppered with. And uh, you know, around midnight, twelve thirty, I wanted one of my mm. little ice cream hits, and it was gone. <laughs> Doctor Bill did me in. Doctor Bill, yeah. And now I can't wait to listen. Also, Bill, um, Bill and Bill with you on uh, Bill's show this week. So. Uh, that's going to be a fun listen. I heard. I mean, it sounded like Doctor Bill, uh, Bill's dad, had a great time. Oh, he he uh, he was effusive with, oh, with uh, his praise. He it was a highlight. Tough. I mean, I've listened to him for years. I know he's he's not uh, an easy man to to uh, to please when it comes to his sports. He's demanding. He, he sets a high bar. So that's that's great to hear yeah, that yeah. it exceeded. His expectations. It did. It did. You'll hear him and, say and, it. I'll and, let him put it in his own It does words. for most people, but still, it's fun to hear. Absolutely. Uh, what else? What Have we got everything covered? Is there anything else right, hot I, off the, the presses we need to nah, I haven't around? seen anything come through, but let's just do this real quick uh, before we close out. It is ridiculous to talk about this because today is April the 8th. June oh. the 15th is a long ways off. And I know that uh, with all due respect to the PGA Tour and the PGA Players Championship, I'm not interested in forecasting a winner for that event <laughs> because it's impossible to now. do so. No, I want to oh. talk about your early, early, early horse for the U.S. Open. Ricky Fowler. He already Whoa, brought it up. I love it. Oh, you yeah. didn't even hesitate. 
He brought it up after the round. He loves the golf course. He's been there a bunch. I know he's played it quite a bit. I think he's friends with a member. And he has talked about it in other settings as well, that he loves the golf course. Again, there, I, I, it's very hard to describe. I've never heard an athlete who sounded so different than he normally sounds and dejected. And I listened to it and went, oh, oh, this was, this was a great week for him. Uh, and then you read his comments, and I was just fascinated. He doesn't give us anything. Yeah, if, I, if Patrick Reed gives us very little, Ricky gives us less. <laughs> and he, for him to come right out and basically admit that this was actually the first time he really felt comfortable in a major, I think is just incredibly fascinating. So he needs a good uh, tee time draw, but Ricky's uh, I, right now coming out of this week, I think the – the person to think about most at Shinnecock, and uh, I, he'll be hungry. I, I love it. I'm I'm tracking three guys. I'm not prepared to make my uh, you know Nate identify a horse this this early out, but I do. I will have very very heightened interest in these three players over the next six weeks. I can't wait to see what my man Cameron Smith does. I don't know if he's here wow, for what an extended a great, what a great or not. performance. Sixty six. That, he, is, that, he, he is a player. He's that's a impressive. dude with major pedigree. Let there yeah. be no doubt. He he is, and and I think you know, uh, he 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 just gets up for the majors. Uh, you know, the the T five here felt like it came out of nowhere because he was seventy one, seventy two, seventy, and then he wanted everybody to understand what he's got in that bag, and that was a sixty six today. Yeah. The the other two names uh, I'm interested in, and we 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 touched on Tony Finau a little bit ago. Just too much game for that guy. That guy has so much game, and he's another one who who really is up for the majors. I mean, he had a pretty great run at Whistling Straits a couple years ago, and here he is under duress with a T ten at the Masters, I feel like maybe, and let me hear your thoughts on this, did we get a breakthrough finally with John Rahm? I th- I think so. Um, although, <laughs> um, okay, so he, he, had a, he had a great week, a phenomenal yeah. week, and he said he uh, was only, only sad really about the shot on 15. 13 yesterday he brought up. Um, but, you know, that... That explosion, though, on 16T where he just pounded the club into the tee, and 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 then it's like, John, haven't, haven't you watched the Masters? Uh, the, the ball's going to funnel down to the bottom. Don't you know this whole location? And, and he did have the, she- the same uh, sheepish grin that Tiger had when he was bothered. He thought he left the ball up high when the pin was down low on, uh, well, the day you saw the birdie on, on uh, Friday. And yeah. at the tee, Tiger did the same thing. He thought he'd left it up there. Well, of course, John Rom did too, and he just absolutely pummeled the, the, the club into the ground. It's like, dude, oh, no, my gosh. That, that's his charm. Now, I love John Rom for that. Well, he is the only house, player. There's a difference between fire and then just, just kind of this uncontrolled rage where he well, yeah, might break a club. I, that's I don't think nutty. we can call it uncontrolled. Dude, 16, his weekend oh, I, was 65-69. Uh, I just want to give him props. Now he was in no, the midst a of, a, of a bad great stretch week. on on Thursday when we watched when he got to seventeen box. He was disappointed with a putt he'd missed on sixteen, but he he hit a drive right on seventeen, and he gave us our only audible f bomb of the day. We were sitting adjacent to the seventeen t box, and mm. there were a handful of players who wanted to use bad words. Kirdesh, uh, Afi Barnrat had uh, some some choice words as he walked away. But mm. the, the Rominator nice. gave us the F, the, the, a good one, a good juicy one, as he uh, for the whole patronage there around the 17 box oh, to, to enjoy. But look, I think the thing with him, um, we the, the talent is indisputable. His world ranking proves it. Um, him getting a little taste of what it takes in terms of the strategy, the planning, the discipline, the word you used for uh, Dustin Johnson, which is such a great word. Um, and I, I, I now think that uh, this, this uh, exuberance is, is the polite way of putting it is, is how he immediately processes and then, and then moves on because he, he finished up, you know, admirably today. He did. He did. Um, I, you know, he, he bogeys 15, though. That was painful. But, yeah, he birdied 14 and 13. 
Yeah. And as you noted, really, yeah, he did have that bad stretch on 13, but wow, did he have, uh, I mean, excuse me, on Thursday, but his stretch from, from round two really to the end until uh, the fi- the 14th hole today was incredible. And his game looked awesome and, and he hung in there beautifully. And no, it's a, it's a phenomenal week for him as well. I mean, there are a lot of players. Look at Bubba. Some, Bubba didn't quite have it. He still shoots nine under. He had a good game. But you, you every time I saw him, you, you could just tell um, uh, the attitude was looked to me like it was really good. It was just me. he I just agree didn't with this. quite have something dialed in. And, well, I have a thought uh, so on a that. So T5 for him is great that way. Again, Stenson I- was super steady. This is a great performance at a place he's – He's not uh, finished strong at and, and had a good finish at. So uh, I want to I want to quickly uh, make an observation on Bubba, and I think you're absolutely right. He played. He had a real chill this week. Now I and I think he's a wonderful name to keep in mind as Shinnecock approaches no. because no. what what no, no you say <laughs> no. why no. why not? I just don't think he's a USGA setup kind of guy. I just don't okay. think he. I think he shuts down mentally on those. Now he is maybe maturing a little bit. And maybe that'll change when we get closer. But I, it's just it's I, I a want, different kind of mentality at, at a U.S. Open golf course no, like no that. No doubt. He has a whole string of missed cuts at the U.S. Open. So don't don't get me wrong. But yeah. I, I'm interested in, in as as the time approaches, as June or mid-June approaches, what uh, intelligence we're getting about the setup and so forth. The one thing I'll say about Bubba that made me confident that he was not going to win this week and I didn't allocate any capital at all. Did you see his shoes? I mean, yeah. You, you, you can't win with 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 you know bright green high tops. I get this fashion statement. I'm glad that he's uh, so comfortable enough in his own skin for that. But we played fashion statement last year with the colored balls and it didn't work out so hot. So maybe like you know, and Bubba, by the way, typically pretty fashionable. I enjoy his his uh, scripting. I think he you know huh. he really brought the visor back. I I like his white on white um, approach a bunch of times. He wears black very well. Handsome man, the Bubba Watson. But come on, dude. Yeah, the, the funky like the colored shoes. high Did tops. you wear your? But, okay, yeah, they're, they're yeah. Uh, I wore my canoes. Was that what did you, you wear the green me? canoes? Yeah, of nice. course. On Thursday, I gave nice. them up. Yeah, Masters we did Of course, we didn't coordinate that very well. It's probably best we didn't. It wouldn't have looked right. But I, I wore I agree. my green canoes. Got a lot of compliments on them. But uh, good. We weren't playing in the Masters either. We were, we were patrons at the Masters, so we were just uh, well, strolling. Sensation! I'm, I'm very, I'm, I'm really excited because you know we've been hyping this thing for months, and it arrived. And yeah, it would have been fun if Tiger and Phil contended a little bit more. But everybody else who was was playing well coming in. I mean, look at Justin Rose put himself in position today, and. Uh, to to be hovering around in case Patrick Reed faltered, and then Justin Rose kind of blew up on the ninth green when I was walking by, and still shot sixty nine. But we talked about all these different names: Paul Casey, uh, Justin Thomas had kind of the same week he's had the first few few times at Augusta. But all in all, it just felt like it. I feel like it lived up to to the billing, and it sets us up for for some fun in May with the players and the Zurich, uh, and as we build to. Two sensational major venues coming up with Shinnecock Hills and Carnoustie. So we um, we have to be pretty jazzed, I think, about the state of, of uh, pro golf. The the only thing I ask for out, out of the Masters is, is a is a you know a, a winner who who earned it and and Patrick yeah. Reed went out yeah. and and earned that W today. So all yeah. kudos to him. I, I uh, greatly enjoyed it. I was rooting for, you know, the, the, the sporting guy in me was rooting for somebody to come up there and push it into a, to a genuine tie so he could feel that pressure. But you know, he, he beat it back. He really dealt with the adversity he beautifully. He had birdies when he needed them. So kudos to, to, yeah. to Patrick and his size 44 jacket. Yeah. And I think ultimately what I, you know, with, with all the discussion we've had with the kind of the fan behavior and some different things that have been going on, I think people do need to remember it's it's just an, even even if you don't like Patrick Reed, let's say, or you're, he rubs you the wrong way, it need, it should be satisfying that somebody did what you just described. He you know he was faced all these different hurdles and he overcame them and he clutched up and he performed. He gave us some amazing shots and beautiful shot making and he was he was smart at times and I find that very satisfying to watch. You know that's what makes golf. Uh, different than than a lot of other sports that you have the ability to kind of take all that in and it 
and the, the game moves slower. And there is a beauty in that, though, when you can kind of take in a golf course we all know, a place we all know, even, you know, people, uh, Dr. Bill and Bill Simmons, who don't watch uh, a tour golf like we every, do every week, they still know the Masters. They know the shots. And and uh, it's fun when we all get to kind of see that. And it, it kind of does what it does every year. It's a tradition unlike any other. Oh, I went I went there. But it is. <laughs> uh, you, now you, we, you did it. You did uh, it. All right. We got to wrap up. But I got I to gotta plug a couple things. So we've got coverage on uh, my, my website, uh, jeffshackelford.com, Golf Week. Uh, this week we've got, uh, if, you're, if you're looking for some Postmaster stuff, of course, don't forget Bill Simmons was on Callaway Live last week, and this week Xander Shoffley is on with our, our friends at Callaway. The X-Men. Callaway Live. Yeah, so I'm looking forward to that, and I'm looking forward to catching up on, on your house of carbs uh, with Adam Rappaport talking food at the Masters, and uh, it should be uh, a nice time to, to kind of unwind and, and take in all the fun content and, and uh, then, then regroup for uh, the coming months. Absolutely positive. Oh, and by the way, we we left out one other thing. And there's a Ryder Cup waiting at the end of the year that's just getting mind-bogglingly good uh, in terms of the the possibilities. Uh, well, it this just is, gets better about, and better. It's incredible. Yeah, this was uh, a, a U.S. one two three finish, which is the first time that's happened in some you know uh, yeah. thirty years, twenty years. It's been a long time since the U.S. has finished one two three. So on that, on that is, point, but, but some good European uh, names yeah, here, you know, McElroy, right. Casey, uh, Rose is still playing well, Stenson. So there's been a little concern that the veteran forces on the, on the European side might not do much. And by the way, Ian Poulter, who won last week, could, couldn't earn his way onto the team and get into the mix. And I mean, that just, oh, how about a Reed Poulter match? What could go wrong there? <laughs> Pul- we can only dream. Pul- Poulter played in the Masters. He's won this year. He better be on the team. Well, he made the cut. T four four. There yeah. he is. Got a ways to go. So, all right, all right House. Anything else you uh, you want to get to, or is this the uh, the end of this? If this is the end of this Masters. Shack House, part of the Ringer Podcast Network. This episode is brought to you by 20th Century Studios' Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. As a ruthless king builds his empire at the expense of the remaining human race, a young ape will fight for the future of apes and humans alike. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes, enter the kingdom in IMAX on May 10th and in theaters everywhere. Get tickets now.